0: Natural, baby. Baby. I'm every it's all Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, my guest is Tania Rivers, mother of Mikael Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get Tania on the show. So, Tania, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We are sure. so excited to have you here with us and share your journey about how you raised Mikal to become a professional basketball player. Yeah. So let's start with you. Your story of being a mom at 19 and a college sophomore is similar to my own. So please yeah. share how that changed your life.
1: Yeah, I, look, I, I, I definitely think, it was some very tough times. Um, I remember calling home and telling my parents um, that I was pregnant and just um, sheer just disappointment, of course. And at the time, it was really so tough for me because I was a straight-A student. I was used to really doing, you know, performing really well in school and in college. So you can imagine when you get a call like that, Your you know it's just hard and I think for me it was tough because you know my dad he's no longer with us but he was super disappointed and kind of just like almost went his own way and um, that was really hard for me Um, but not only that I just had people uh, around me just said I you know family just saying that you know I ruined my life that I wasn't going to be successful and. You know, I was ruining a life of a child. So here are all those things was just awful. And you know, I, when I talk to people about pushing past their boundaries and moving through challenges and things that challenge us, that shapes us to make us better, um, I always talk about kind of using that negativity that you're hearing as your fuel to really, you know, to, to get that fire in you to want to do more. So I kind of used all of that as just my fuel to really push me toward towards where I needed to be. And I was determined no matter what, to prove that not only was, was I going to be successful, but I also was going to set up my son for success. So that was really important to me. Um, but it was definitely some very tough times that, um, That has really shaped me to be one, the professional that I am, the mother that I am, and the drive that I needed to inject, um, into my son so that he could work towards, you know, achieving his goals as well.
0: Wow. I mean, I was reading today that it's like, you basically had three hours sleep. I mean, you're going to work Mm -hmm. and then you're coming home with the baby and yeah. after that, you are going to school. So kudos to you because at the end Thank of the day, it's it, no, nope, really, you know what I mean? And for me, I understand because I had my son at 19 as well. And for my dad, um, it was a big disappointment for him, obviously, yeah. at the beginning. At the beginning, right? And for me, I was determined and said, so you can say what you want. At the end of the day, I'm still going back to school. Exactly. I'm still doing, and I didn't change anything. I didn't yeah. change anything. I went to school, um, I finished the semester. Then I missed, like, say September to January. And then January, I went back. So I didn't really miss anything. So I didn't skip a beat. And I was like, you know what? Cam and I, we're good. And we're going to continue and we're just going to live our lives. And at that point, for me, I had to prove to everybody that they were wrong. So I just love that right. story. Yeah. Well, as yeah. soon as I read it, I said, we're going to talk about that. So
1: <laughs> I think that is what would a bond for you and I because you know what it takes to really have that grit yeah and also yet push past that next, I mean just just hearing that it's kind of like over um that's hard uh, and is. for most people um they can't see past that yeah you know yeah. so yeah kudos to you well, for thank you for, <laughs> to get into where you are today as well because it's, it's certainly not easy so I understand
0: you know what? And here we're two women. You know what I mean? We're two entrepreneurs. We're doing what we do, which we were told we couldn't do. And then here our boys are both in the NBA. So, okay, let them know. Wendy. So let's go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> let them know, Wendy. That's it. That's it. That's it. So <laughs> you and I know the process, right? <laughs> so okay. So now let's talk about your baby boy. Yeah. So let's talk about McHale and basketball. And at what point did he start playing? And did you see like, "Hmm, he's liking this sport more than any other sport or did he really?
1: Yeah. So it's funny because um, I had an interview early this morning, 6 a.m. by the way. So I'm still (laughs) kind of floating on those three hours of sleep. But I had an interview this morning uh, with the reporter and they were asking me, like, when did I know, like, Mikel was going to, it had this athleticism that he was going to be, like, at an NBA. And I said, people thought I was, like, legit crazy. <laughs> because I was saying that he was, like, in second grade. Like, honestly, that he had a gift of, like, a God-given talent, a gift of athleticism, and that he was different from most kids. Like, I would hear that from other parents. Right. I would hear that from, like, referees and like little leagues and things like that that hey this kid is special you know in terms of like his gift um but to answer your question I mean he's been playing sports I don't know since he was just a little before he can the ball was bigger than him um but he played all sports so it wasn't just basketball
0: right.
1: it was baseball it was football it was soccer he played a, pretty much all sports until he got to the high school to high school and I was like okay like <laughs> We need to have a real conversation. Yeah. Um, your goal is to be in the NBA, right? Yes. You want to play collegiate basketball, right? Yes. I said, okay, mm-hmm. we need to make a decision and you need to hone in what really is that you want to do. Because he was playing football and he's kind of loving football too. And I was like, yeah, we're gonna get him out of that. <laughs> um, I said, I'm gonna need you to focus on basketball. Like that's where your passion is. Um, you said you want to play at the next level, college basketball, then you need to put all your focus into that. Um, And he made a decision in high school to solely focus on basketball to get ready to play at the next level, which was, you know, D1.
0: Right. Okay. So he went to Great Valley High in uh, Malvern, Pennsylvania. So what were those games like? And when did he start talking, taking it like a little bit more seriously now?
1: Yeah, so those look. Those games were fun. I miss all the parents. We used to mm-hmm. all go to the games together and cheer for our kids, and you know they were just fun. And you know I'm super competitive. Mikel's super competitive, so of course he always wanted to win. And it was funny because it wasn't until you know he got to the NBA like his first year. You probably remember you know, he's in his he's, he's in his third year in the NBA, but the first year. I don't know if you know, but with the Sun, there was not a lot of winning, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he went from winning all the time, like they barely lost, like because he got this kid who has who's who's kind of like a step above, right? Because yeah. he just had this guy given talent and he's really had, you know, super athletic. So he was good and helped this. They had a really good team, really good coach too. Coach Dolan was a great coach, um, is a good coach. Um, and they were winning pretty much all the games. Right. And then when we got to high school, when he got to college, he was under Villanova, Jay Wright, and they were winning, they barely lost. So it was like super difficult, <laughs> his first year in the league, because it was having this journey and success of winning, that you he had to like condition himself, like this is what it yeah. feels like to lose. So yeah, always super competitive, I love the high school games, you know. Just I think about them all the time, just in terms of where he was, kind of like this I'm a skinny kid. Yeah. So now I say to him, I tease him. I say, "You're a grown man," and he just laughs. Like, you know, I touch him. I said, "Oh my kid's like, Mom, stop touching me!" I, I touch his <laughs> shoulder, I touch his chest. Like, oh my God, you have muscles! You're a grown man. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> um, but it's just it's been awesome, Wendy, just to see the progression nice. from high school to college, now to the league, you know, you, as a mom, you've mm-hmm. seen it, like, it's amazing.
0: Absolutely. And I'm actually, yeah, we'll talk about that actually a little bit later because that is, that process <laughs> is so important to us as moms because we're the ones yeah. who are there. So when did college offers start coming and how did you handle choosing which ones you both thought would be the right fit for him?
1: Yeah. That's a really good question. So the college offers, so he was playing um, AAU basketball, right. And he had, he had came off coming out of his junior uh, year in high school and he was playing AAU, which is really competitive. Um, he was in a really competitive league and he was playing really well, like doing what he needed to do offensively, but he's kind of known for folks that know him, like he's a good defensive player. Yeah. So after that summer, so that's the start of his senior year, he started getting offers, but the offers started coming over the summer and they were like at the, from the smaller D1 colleges, right? Yeah. yeah. And I told him, that, you know, I could, just because he's so competitive, he was just like, I said, don't worry, Mikhail, they'll see it, they'll come. And then, you know, start of his high school year, um, he started to have visitors from you know colleges um coaches started coming by to coming by to check him out and you know i think the real offers probably came like senior year in high school which was very very exciting and for him it was a no brainer like he loved Villanova that's where we grew, kind of grew up on the main line where he mm-hmm. went to school so it was like his hometown university he knew about Jay Wright so he was a phenomenal coach which he is a uh, lot of respect for that coach and um it was a no-brainer. Once Villanova came, it was like Villanova's where we're going. So it was a very easy choice for us.
0: Okay. But just so people understand, so your profession is in the human resources field. So you oh, and yeah. so you are used to interviewing people and in the basketball industry. So explain what you do and how you were able to use your skills at this point to narrow it down um, to Villanova.
1: Yeah. So I'm a chief human resources officer. So I've been in HR for over 20 years. Um, my job is really, when I think about it, you know, of course, there's a lot of different layers into HR. So yeah. some that most are familiar with would be employee relations. Like, oh my gosh, you got to fire people. I'm like, there's so much more to fire people. Okay. <laughs> like, that's my least thing that I want to do. When you're doing your job right, you should have to fire people. That's right. But most people know employee relations under that bucket, right? Then you have training and development, compensation, benefits, so all those things that, that relates to people. Um, but what I like to say is that I'm a culture builder. Like I come into organizations to really have a best-in-class culture where employees thrive and they can be their, their best and most authentic selves. So that's super important to me. Um, But I think it was funny because you said, how do we narrow it down to Villanova? So, you know, we of course, you know, went on some college visits and I would interview and talk to the different coaches and staff (laughs) and students and athletes and parents. Like I was just making, (laughs) holistically looking at the experience and talking to different people so I can get many different perspectives. So that was part of the process. And then two, I have a funny story. So when we were choosing agents it was like they were putting together like a very thorough presentation and i was asking questions they were like yeah hey, i don't think i'm used to <laughs> a mom asking these type of mm-hmm. questions but it's like, i really wanted to drill down like my job is to protect my son Amen. and i gotta make sure that we're always making the best decisions for him um with every area of his life and of course When you think about college, you know, it's at least a four-year commitment and you want to make the best decision, you know, for your child, which is, you know, which is really important.
0: You know, a lot of parents are not in your position or have that advantage because a lot of times the colleges come to you or the agents come to you or at you and they're talking at you. You know what I mean? It's not really talking with you. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? So you have to know. What's going on? First of all, do your research before you even entertain. Uh, Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it's important. Like for me, when these offers came, I mean, I I live in Canada. I didn't know any of these schools, first of all. Not to say that we were so sheltered. I mean, I just didn't know. And for me, D1, D2, D3, could be D10. I didn't know the difference at the beginning, right? (laughs) I kept saying, well, yeah, yeah. I kept saying, well, one is good. So I guess it's the best, right? And we still laugh about it. And I'm like, okay. And then I had to look up all these schools. So, yeah. for, you know what I mean? So I didn't know powerhouse schools you know, the difference of anything. So when they were calling me because they had to call because nobody was flying to Canada, nobody. So <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was different. But then I had to really think like, well, what am I going to ask? Yeah. What do I want to ask? And what do I, what do I need to know? So for Mikel, it's a blessing that you were actually sitting in that seat and in that position and saying, well, hold on a second. Like, this is about my kid. And yeah. I... I'm asking you what you're going to do for my kid as opposed to what my kid's going to do for you. Exactly. So, so congratulations. Yeah. I mean, I like it. Thank
1: is. you. It's <laughs> exciting. And it's so cool that we get to share this time together. For sure. Um, we have very similar experiences, which oh, I yeah. think is so awesome. But um, it's just special for me to be able to kind of, it's like a little fellowship that we have yeah. going on right now. Absolutely. Um, that is something special. So, I really appreciate this time. Um, It's just, it's awesome just to meet people who have similar journeys um, that you've kind of traveled on that same road. And, you know, the road was kind of bumpy. You may have fallen a couple times, but to get to the end and cross that bridge to success is awesome. So yeah I I take my hat off to you too as well, Wendy. It's not easy.
0: It's not, but thank you. Yeah. So. This The decision was for him to go to Villanova, where he redshirted his first year. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about why did he have to redshirt and how yeah. hard was it for him to have to sit out for an entire year? And I'm asking that just for some listeners who don't know yeah. what it means to redshirt.
1: Yeah. So of course, redshirt, you're not playing at yeah. all the entire year. Like, let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I think it was a really tough decision. And it's funny because um, I remember, I, I will never forget this day. Um, Mikal came home and I think the coaches were like, look, that's mama bear. She's pretty. I don't want to piss her off. How about you <laughs> kind of like pave the way for us. You go talk to mama bear so that when we get towards, you know, she's a lot more calmer. Um, because of course we didn't know, like it was a decision that was made, like right at the start of the season. So when he was recruited and all of that, like it wasn't something that was talked about. Um, so when Mikel came home, he's like, okay, mom, I need to talk to you about something serious. So of course I'm locked in. I'm like, what? I said, okay. You know, I'm like, mom, like, you don't want to see worried, you know, you got that, that game face on. I said, okay, well, you know, what's going on? He said, you know, we've, there's how he started. We've <laughs> made, like, we have <laughs> made a decision to, to redshirt. And I automatically knew what that meant, and I, you know, of course. very know knew about sports. So I said, I, I think I was just like in shock for a few minutes. I didn't say anything. And he said, mom, it will be okay. He said, this is a decision that I've made. I think it's right for me. You know, I've spoken with my coaches and it's what I need right now, mom. It's okay. You know, and I think that moment I kind of, cause you know, as a parent, you know, Mikel, like I said, has always had this gift that he was better than most kids that he played with, like, growing up. So, of course, I am used to seeing him play. Like, there wasn't a time where he was on the bench and I didn't see him play because he was always a cut above the rest. So, Mm -hmm. when he was in high school, you know, playing in smaller little leagues and intramural type leagues and then high school, like, I'm used to him playing and playing majority of the time. So I had to put like my own wants that I, and, and the things that I kind of envisioned in my head of seeing him play, like yeah. on the court, that was really tough. You know, like I will not lie and say it was something like, I was just like, okay, let's just do it. Like I had to, like, I wanted to show my support to him, yeah, you know, to, to let him know that it's going to be okay because I didn't want to disappoint him. Um, but I did say, okay, we're going to get through it. But, you know, I, I cried that night for sure. Um, because I just was looking forward to seeing him play on a court. So it was definitely, definitely difficult hearing that he wasn't going to play for an entire year. Um, so that was like part one, like acceptance. Yeah. Um, so right away, I just said, okay, like we're in this together. I got you. You got this. Let's, let's, let's see what you need yeah. to work on. So yeah. like part one acceptance, part two was, okay, we got to put the, he has to put the work in because uh, Mikel was just smaller. Right. And then he oh. had a later birthday. So he, of course he was 17 when he got to college and he was just small, like skinnier guy. And he needed yeah. to to bulk up. He was just too skinny. And when you think about playing at that level, you're playing against, you know, men yeah. um, that are stronger and, and more physical. So he kind of took that time to work on being physically stronger and getting ready, but, um, I definitely was on board and, you know, it was something I was talking about earlier today. Um, funny, um, that we are talking about this, um, in terms of, for me, um, I wanted to make sure that I showed Mikel support. So guess what? Um, any of the Villanova miles would tell you I was at every single home game. Awesome. I knew for a fact that my son was never going to get in. It wasn't going to be one of those things like, there's a blowout and there's like, (laughs) they're up 35 points and And surprise get in a play. Like you don't, you can't play at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew that, you know, he wasn't going to play, but I wanted to let him know that there's someone in there that's showing up for you. So, you know, that I support you and got your back. So I went to every single home Villanova game and I went to most away games too. Like I wanted him to see me in those stands to let him know um, that I'm standing right there beside you and I got your back. And when you do get your opportunity to play, I'm going to be there for you the year you not going to yep. hit the floor and for many more years to come. So it's definitely a tough time, but, um, it was needed for sure.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's good that he came to you and you know what I mean? Like he accepted it first yeah. before bringing it to you. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough decision. I mean, my son had to red shirt too, but his is because he left school. He left Pitt um, in December oh. and then we changed schools in January, so you gotta sit out. I think I took a harder from him than him. I was like, Wait, three yeah, I was like three hundred and sixty five days, the whole three sixty five I asked I'm not questions see you play to all? sure <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the thing is is that ULV, um, the school he ended up going to or switching to, they actually came to Canada on a road trip. So Cam oh, had wow. to sit in his hometown where he grew up in Montreal, and then he actually grew up apart um, with his dad in Ottawa, and they went to both cities, and he had to sit out. So the gyms were packed. Everybody's coming to see him, but he couldn't play. He had to redshirt. So, I mean, everybody knew, but still, it was just weird. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, I can't believe that like, he can't play. And you're used play. to seeing him play. so. Are you kidding? Yeah. So I was like, what do you oh. mean he's not playing? So, yeah, it's tough. But you know what? Like I said, it's good that Mikel understood his situation, and my son Knew his situation. Yeah. he just said like, "Let's just get this year over with." And I, I gay- and I'm start. Listen,
1: the last it was you know, Mikel such was humble kid. And you know, I was going to mention too when he like, it was a very humbling experience too because you're you know, he's used to playing, playing, playing. And I think that was just part of it's just very humbling experience for him knowing yeah. that you yeah. can't play but you still have work to be done. Absolutely. Um, but you know, look at the end of the day. Um, I remember that last game of the season he's like game time right now mom this is it it's over now it's on up up and uh, onward and upward from here and I was like okay I guess she was secretly he probably was counting down those
0: games of course he was
1: Um, but man you know after that it was just you know of course exciting uh, in terms of being able to physically play, but
0: right, right.
1: that that shirt year was a tough one for sure, which yeah. so you know, it,
0: of course, of course. So, what was it like for you to eventually see him hoop with the yeah. Wildcats?
1: Um, it's funny because first of all, I'm a crybaby, but you know, like I want to try because I am a minimal. I don't. I wear minimal makeup, mascara, and lips. That's my thing, <laughs> and I don't want to smear my mascara. I try to look cute for you today. So I don't want to cry, but seriously, when he suited up, um, it was just a different experience. Like, of course he had a jersey, but he just couldn't play. Right. Yeah. yeah. But when he suited up and he came out that locker room for the very first time mm. to see him hit the court, it was amazing. And I was legit like crying, um, just seeing him bounce like dribble the ball down the court and making this first shot, like all those things was just amazing. And then, even um, it's, um, a friend of mine was saying like, I can't believe you still get so emotional about it. You know, like you're used to seeing this with third year. Um, but I remember like in college, every time he would come out, I would see, you know, he was, by the way, I don't know if you know, um, he was 25 through high school, college, and out in the NBA, So he had that number forever. Yeah. And um, I just never forget like to see Bridges 25 on his Jersey you know, running down the running down the court, me seeing that on his back um was pretty darn cool. Um, and just a moment that I'll never forget. And every time he comes now and he hits the floor and I'm seeing him guard like players that are known for being like the best in the league, like you know, Kawhi and LeBron, and he's guarding those different guys, guarding the best guys on the court each night. Like that's amazing. And Absolutely. I still get choked up. I, I can't help
0: myself. Of course, because it's your baby. Yeah, and regardless of how old he is, you know what I mean, it doesn't matter. He's still Mikel. He's still, you know what I mean, that, that little boy that was following you everywhere yeah. he went, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, of course, of course. So, yeah. you're saying he, he was so used to winning. So, during his three years at Villanova, he won two national championships. So, let's talk about that. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the first one, of course, so, it's, it, it, it's
1: cool too, Wendy, because he starts so – him being a national champion, two-time national champion, Mm -hmm. the first one was like his first year he played. And then the last one was his senior year when he, you know, on his way out. out, So to pretty much start your college career off as a national champion, and then end your college career as a national champion, that rarely happens, right? So of course, like, you know, first year that he actually played, um, he's playing like 20, 25 minutes per game. Um, it still was exciting because he was part of that experience. But, you know, his senior year, you know, just getting it that year was, I couldn't even believe it that it happened twice, you know. And, Were you at the games? Oh, of course.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I asked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was at pretty much every, de- definitely every home game. That's easy, right? Yeah. But I pretty much was on the Pretty much most away games as well. Yeah, That's I miss that. I miss traveling. You know, we it was a little bit different. And in, um, in college, like all the Nova moms are still very close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone still chats and you know are very good friends just from the journey that we had together. Gotcha. Um, many of us our kids had were national champions twice together as well. So we've all right. kind of you know cultivated those relationships where. Uh, we're still friends and we talk about it. Like, remember when we used to, like, pack up and we would get on the road and we would, you know, we would go to those games together. Like, it was just very fun times that, you know, just a, an experience that you'll never forget.
0: So, <laughs> what, what was that discussion with you and Mikkel like when the decision to declare came about?
1: When the, I'm sorry, said when the decision was what?
0: What was the discussion with you and Mikkel like when the decision to declare came about?
1: Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, I think it was like, are you sure you're ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Mikkel was like, of course, like I've been ready. (laughs) And, you know, for me, I just wanted, I thought it was important to me too, because You know, you can attest to this, just Hmm. being a young mom in college and having to juggle it all. You know, our college experience was much much differently from, you know, the the average college student, right? Yeah. But for me, getting that degree just meant so much to me. Um, And I wanted that for him, you know? So he was like, mom, he used to always say, You got your papers, mom, you know, like it's time, you know, so it was, he was definitely ready. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, all right, you got, you're coming out of here with your degree. So I'm ready. You're ready. Let's do
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's good because it's important that as parents we're on board, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, we need to feel comfortable as well, because our kids don't necessarily know what they're getting themselves into. Um, they just want to play, but there's a they lot of go behind it. Right. So you understand the importance of graduation. You understand yeah. the importance of getting that, um, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like getting that degree, not to say that our boys don't, but at the same time, you know what I mean? Their focus a lot of times when their goal is, wait, hold on. We can make it without the degree. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. Make it with the degree. So, you know what I mean? You're going to make it, but exactly. you got it. You know what I mean? That's, that's so important. So, it's... Um, I
1: remember they had, like, this ceremony at Villanova, and um, all the fans were chant- chanting, one more year, one more <laughs> year, and the was shaking his head like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was too funny, because... Whenever, like if I'm at a game or something, we kind of like lock eyes, you know, and um, they were chanting one more year and he looked at me like, and I looked at him and we both shook our heads like, nah, we're we're ready. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Villanova. We will love you forever. You'll forever be in our hearts,
0: but we're out of here. (laughs) Yeah, for real. It's like, thank you, but see you. Bye. (laughs) Peace out. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's the best though. (laughs) Oh my God. So. Let's talk about draft night.
1: So yeah. your oh. draft
0: night must have been interesting. So let's start. It was start crazy. From, oh, yeah. So I want to start from the beginning to the end, from you getting ready to him being drafted um, number 10 to the very organization that you <laughs> you work for, to know. the trade, to everything. So just tell yeah, me all so about that s- awesome night. Not, so you know
1: that this was like a question that I feel like has haunted me for years, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. even this morning when I told you I had an interview with a reporter this morning, it just still came up like, how did you feel about that draft night? How did you feel? So I'll take, so just going back, um, just in preparation for the draft night, like traveling to New York, you know, checking into the hotel, like just knowing what was ahead of me, I know it was just so surreal. You know, I had a thousand different emotions going on, like excitement, of course, you know, a sense of pride, you know, and I was so proud of Mikael. Fear, knowing that my baby's going somewhere and he's gonna, he's kind of starting his own path now. You know, so I was just a mixed bag, you know, thinking about everything. And then, all right, now fast forward to uh, getting dressed um, and I had someone actually come in and do makeup. So that was just a crazy experience in the cell house, bury the details. But I remember, um, I, I don't wear lashes, but that was the one time in my life where I wore <laughs> lashes. Um, and, I, and I remember like saying, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through, then I'm gonna cry these things off. you know. <laughs> intermittently crying the entire night um if i can sum up summarize that night it was definitely emotional roller coaster, for sure you know just getting there you know stepping my feet and I we just walking on the floor to go to the table to sit down you know i had already started crying and um, <laughs> this agent looked at me like oh boy this is gonna i don't know how t's gonna survive this night <laughs> You know, and, you know, I, I was hugging the cow. I said, you know, we did this, like, you did this. Like, um, all the naysayers that said, this wouldn't happen, like, you proven wrong, and this is your night, and relishing that, and just know that hard work, work pays off. Um, and this is, you're certainly blessed, and there's, the star's the limit from here, kid. Yeah, I call him kid, I said, I still call him kid. Oh. So said, the star's the limit from here, kid. And he said, we, he's, he gave me a pound. We did this now. I said, all right. We, you know, and sat down. Um, the announcement came, you know, he's number 10 pick in the draft, and you kind of have an idea of the range
0: mm-hmm.
1: where they're gonna fall, but you don't know exactly what number, right? Right, right. So um they called his name. I kind of sit in shock for a couple there, a couple seconds like, you know, dang, you know, <laughs> and um for a good, let's call it five minutes, three to five minutes. It was like, I felt like it was like a dream, like like um, like the shoe fit, like I'm a princess. And we tried on a shoe and it fit. And it's, and it's amazing because here I am, the organization that I'm working for, um, kind of, you know, was the VP of HR there at the time. Um, he's gonna play at our hometown, like, I grew up in Philadelphia. I grew up in the suburbs. Right. I grew up in Philadelphia. It's, you know, love going to the Sixers games growing up, watching Sixers games with my dad. Um, so it was just like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening. Like, my son is drafted. You know, it's a dream come true. And, yeah, I'm doing interviews and I'm losing my mind that <laughs> this is all happening. And then it just, like, kind of things kind of just went in slow motion from there, like, you know, I remember just moments later, and you know, it felt like a lifetime, but I'm sure it went a lot faster. Um, they made the announcement that um, he was being traded. Now I can tell you, I, I just couldn't believe it happened. You know, at the time yeah. that he was being traded somewhere and it's really far away on a different <laughs> coast, at west coast. And um, fun fact, so I didn't fly prior to McHale being traded I was I had always had a real imminent fear of flying and just didn't want to fly and try to fly I would get to the gate bridge break down have a panic attack and couldn't fly so of course all of this is going through my head like I'm saying like just so many thoughts (laughs) that it was hard to even fathom like yeah what next steps would look like for him yeah um, but I think at the end of the night, I just remember saying that it is still truly a blessing that my yeah. son was a number 10 overall pick in the draft. And that is amazing. And that has yeah. to be celebrated. Yeah. And it's a major accomplishment. So I try to relish in that, the fact that where he landed, but it was definitely, you know, a shock to the system, mm-hmm. knowing yeah. that he was going to be so far away. but. In hindsight, now I say that it's the best thing that could happen. like zero distractions, you're far away. Um, you can kind of focus on ball like you have nothing else <laughs> like you don't know anyone here. Yeah um, So it was definitely a blessing in disguise and um, now playing under Monty is just great. He's an amazing coach. Um, but of course when it first happens, um, when it first happened, it was really hard to see past. How we are gonna really make this work? It was, yeah. it was definitely, like I said, an emotional roller coaster. But at the end, it was still worth it, and I wouldn't trade it in for the world. Just, Absolutely, you know, things happen for a reason, and you there you go. Embrace it and click <laughs> your heels and keep on moving.
0: That's it, man. Yeah. You gotta roll with the punches. I mean, like you're saying, <laughs> the, bless- the blessing is that he made it on a team. Yeah, you know what I mean. In a story, yes, it, it's shocking, but yeah at the end of the day, he was there, he made it. And listen, a lot of parents didn't have that option, right? I didn't, my son went undrafted. So for me at that night, when my son went undrafted, I would have, I didn't care where he would have gotten drafted. You know what I mean? Mm. Any team, any team, you could have said he was going to, you know, to the moon, he would have been like, all right. I'm locked in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The NBA, the moon team. All right, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, when do we leave? So. so. Yeah. <laughs> So um, and guess what? I'm flying all the time, and
1: uh, I never thought I would get past that. But listen, look, things I
0: happen.
1: You. <laughs> you move with the punches.
0: <laughs> listen, I feel you. I didn't. I used to hate flying. Um, it was only when Cam started playing at UNLV. So I was saying, who is going to drive from Montreal to Las Vegas? So I had no choice to get on that plane and pray for six hours. So you know what? I feel you. So <laughs>
1: I was. Wow. We have so much similar paths. So, you know, for me, it was a yeah. five and a half hour flight and mm-hmm. same thing. I'm praying. I'm praying before I get on what the, during the flight and when I land. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember real quick, my son and I were flying to Vegas and it was his first flight. I don't remember ah. now they were talking about um, the pod that comes on. And he says, okay, we're going to have a little bit of turbulence. You know what I mean? And he's like, put your seatbelt on. Huh, really? So, the, and the plane's shaking. And my son, he was sitting like two rows in front of me. And he looks back. And I'm thinking, do I be the strong mom or do I scream? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I did a bit of both, but anyway. so <laughs> so
1: all You, you do both. You scream internally I, you be the strong mom that you are.
0: I sure did. I sure did. And I always say to this day, I wonder if the person sitting next to me got their feeling back in their arm yet because, Leo, I was clinging to everybody. Anyway. So so your line of work gives you a good insight of player recruitment process. So with you on the other end this time, what is something that the Phoenix Suns organization helped you with um, and helped Mikel with that you truly appreciate? Yeah, I think um,
1: they just helped Mikhail just realize that, you know, because sometimes too, like Mikhail's just so humble that, you know, he needed to have like more confidence, right? Just knowing that he deserves to be out on that court, just like anyone else. So I think for me, just thankful that one, just believing in him and knowing that, you know, I say all the time, even this year, you know, last year, like Monty pretty much Mikhail had to do, to work hard and earn every single yeah. minute. He wasn't starting last year, you know, the start of the season. And he had to earn every single minute that was out that he played oh, on that court. Yeah. So I'm just I'm very thankful um for for the Sons, especially the coach for just giving him the opportunity just for believing in him, for instilling just like that injection of confidence that he really needed that really showed that he said, I can do this. I believe in myself and just help take, which I can see, especially this year, a shift in his game where he's definitely way more confident than he was before. And I'm just happy that, you know, he has a coach that pushes him and, you know, and believes in him and he's in line with the coaches that he had in the past, like just starting from high school and then getting to Jay Wright, like you gotta earn it. Jay's tough, he's not easy. Yeah. So the soft at heart, whether you be a student, athlete or a parent, you better put your thick skin on because yeah. he's tough. And I appreciate that. Like you need mental toughness. You know, when you think yeah. about the game, a lot of it is mental, right? Yeah. You know, of course you need the physicality to play. It's a mental game. Absolutely. Um, and, you, and And the fact that he had that preparation before he got there and then it was just kind of like building on that foundation um and look the stars he's still not done there's still work to be done with mikhail bridges and absolutely i can't wait to continue to see what that journey looks like for him
0: so phoenix has amazing leaders in coach monty williams and the point god himself chris paul (laughs) yeah (laughs) along with such great teammates so how has Mikel bonded uh yeah with, with his team
1: yeah, I think they're pretty close, too. Like, those guys hang out, you know, after the games, you know, when, when there isn't a game or, you know, just spend their quality. Like, they spend time together mm-hmm. um, outside of just playing on the court, which I think yeah. gives them that synergy that you need to have in a team. And that's awesome, just to have those relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he kind of respects them. Like, you can even refer to them as, like, these brothers, you know like these are the people that you play with that blood, sweat and tears, you're leaving it all out in the court. Um, there has to be and when you think about any relationship, right, any relationship is really centered on the foundation of trust mm-hmm. and that is something that you can tell just with them playing that they trust one another, um, and I think that is really built on you know just their, their, those relationships that um, they've groomed over. You know the time that they've been playing together, and now, you know I'm super excited that you know when Chris Paul joined because he's just he's just known for making teams better around yeah. him, you know, and yeah. he pushes those guys, and he's tough. So you know I me, mean? like I'm tough, um, and I love it when he you get that toughness because it, again it's that toughness that really pushes you, um, right. to the next level. So I was very excited and I'm glad that he's here, and his mom is awesome.
0: Yeah, um, Robin's
1: the best. Rob, um, she's Rob, just, Robin, <laughs> she's just sweet, you know, and um, just good. When I think about her, she's just you know this motivator, um, and you know just uh, you know it was like the mama bear too, mm-hmm. you know, of the group. So she's texting us before the games, like, "All right, ladies, we got this," you know, praying for our boys, you know, like so you know just to have a very supportive mom um, that you can relate to. Um, it's just it's awesome, yeah, it's
0: imp- it is important yeah. because as moms, you know, what I mean, as parents, we need to have that support system as well, not just our kids, right? So, for me and I watched my son play magic um, when he was playing with the Orlando Magic, I used to text the moms too, or we'd all have like a little group chat, and okay, let's go. You know, we're ready to watch the game, and do you have this and do you have that? And it was just funny during the whole game, you know what I mean so it's important because I knew that anytime I needed something or I can always just contact these moms anytime, not only during the game. I mean that was the time that we spoke the most, but like you're saying, yeah. sisterhood. You know what I mean? You know that you can always um your moms are always there, right? So our boys have yeah. the brotherhood and our moms have the sisterhood. So
1: don't mess with moms. Okay.
0: That's it. Cause we've 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 built that's it. Okay.
1: Don't mess yeah. with our kids now. We'll take you out. That's right. <laughs> so. collectively. We're, we're even more reforced, like, you know? So. Oh,
0: yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, physical health is important when playing basketball. Um, NCAA D1 teams play 40 games usually during a season. Um, but in the NBA, oh. they play twice that. So, I know, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, how to make That's 41 home games hair? home and away. So. I, thank you. <laughs> always on the road so so how did Mikel prepare to possibly play more than twice the games that he did yeah with, um with Villanova yeah
1: yeah I think it was more so like understanding that all the things that you have to do because it's not just about like showing up and and, and being there at those games it's more so like every single I think he realized that every single thing that you do matters like yeah. you need appropriate sleep you need to eat the right things you need to put mm-hmm. in the work like it shows you have to do more than what's expected out of you you know you, you're putting in time what's required and you're off on your own working on your game but i think he just had to really understand okay like it really never stops you know mm-hmm. i i was thinking about how you know some players you know go home if they're not from like the area, you know, where they're playing. Like, Mikel, of course, is from, you know, Pennsylvania. But Mikel stays here during the summer working on his game. And he's like, if you want to see me, you're going to have to come here because I'm going to be working on my game over the summer and I'm going to continuously work at it. So he just has that, like, mindset that I'm always, you know, because I'm always going to push, push towards greatness, that I'm going to always be continuously working on my game working on myself to help prepare me for what's next. So I think it was that preparation in terms of like, oh my God, I got to play 82 games now. (laughs) It's a big difference. Um, But I think it's like he locked in to know that, okay, I got to get this work in. I got to prepare for in every area, every aspect of my life. I got to be able to prepare for the season and it doesn't stop even when the season's over. So it's always a, a work in
0: progress. That's just how it is. Yeah. If you had to guess, what is something that Mikel learned from Villanova that he carries with him today?
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I don't even have to guess. It's like um, being humble, you know, being hungry, you know, you kind of hear that mantra Villanova about being humble and being hungry, like Mm -hmm. um, those things are just embedded into who he is as a person that most people know him. You know, it's funny, I was working out in the gym yesterday and, um, and it just happens all the time. mm -hmm. Um, and it just, it means so much to me when it does, I, you know, I was working out and gentleman came over. He said, you're Mikael's mom, right? I said, yeah. he said, you know, he's one special kid. You raised him, right? I hear that all the time that he's just a humble kid. Um, and it's always nice to hear it never gets old because it's just nice to know that he is who he was prior to the NBA, and that's who he's always going to be. Um, but I think in terms of, like, carrying that tradition from being humble, being hungry, always working hard, that grit um, that Jay Wright just expected from his team, those were things that he just kind of just trans- – they were very transferable skills yeah. that he took <laughs> with him to the league as well. So it was
0: just – it was awesome. So you know your son better than anyone else and have I hope gone. I do. I, there you go. Amen. And you <laughs> <laughs> and you've watched his growth throughout his different levels of basketball. Uh so can you tell us something about his game that to this day remains consistent?
1: Oh, I think that defense, you know, like Mikhail's all over. I was <laughs> I was laughing today because I remember I was thinking about um where you know they would play in those like fun little games that you know they would pull all like the best players out of each school and it would kind of play in a a game I kind of think of it like a you know very similar now maybe like a celebrity game but it's like one of those games where they all bring the best out of the best and they play together and those guys are in there kind of do all these don'ts they want to score like a gazillion points to showcase their (laughs) talents and I would laugh because, oh boy, the kid would be in there playing defense. And no one's playing defense in those games. <laughs> they're just trying to show that, hey, look at me. I'm awesome. And Mikel's like, they're locking him down with those long arms and like <laughs> not playing like when it comes to D. So, you know, he's been doing that since a little kid when he's been playing basketball because he just had super long arms. And he's like blocking shots and all those. So, it's just funny to see how he would take it very seriously. Like he took the defense very seriously, <laughs> even when folks were playing around and um, that's not Mikkel. Like, I think that's just a part um, makes his game special where, you know, he, he doesn't mess around. Like he's a defensive force. And I think that's definitely something that um, has stuck with him and that he's just worked on over the years.
0: So, you were just talking about his forever long arms. Yeah, I know. Someone <laughs> told you about my arms. I'm trying to, listen, don't do that.
1: I, you know I have long arms, but it's not even funny. <laughs> I'm trying to hide, you see, I'm trying to tuck them. You know, like, don't even put me out there like, Wendy, I thought we bonded, you know? Now you want to call me out, my long arms? Listen, so- <laughs> I can't of course, I used the I had to call her Gadget arms. And it's not wow. even funny. It's
0: not and it's not sexy.
1: sexy. Like, you don't want to be known for this woman with these long arms. To the point, I had to pull Jay right aside because he would, um, when they were getting recruits and the families would come on, and, you know, we would come, the parents would go and talk to the recruits because, you know, real big on, on family um, at Villanova. And he would make a joke at the end, like, you know, just like, hey, did you guys know she has like super long arms? Um, <laughs> And I would say, Jay, okay, like we need to talk, like I'm telling people about my arms. Like it's not something that a woman wants to be known to have these crazy long arms, but I do have extremely um, long arms and I can't fit most shirts. So I either probably buy like shorter sleeves like you see today or quarter sleeves. Like I can't really buy
0: things that fit my arms." It's um, all good. I thought that was the cutest thing ever when I read that. I <laughs> and I said, it's not her.
1: cute when you're when you're standing <laughs> up and your arms like hang down to your knees, Wendy. But it's all good. <laughs> I,
0: was, I was like seven one
1: whisper. What the hell? <laughs> it's like not even
0: cute, you know. Oh, and you um, are. You were.
1: We used to measure my arms like with other players, mm-hmm. and my arms would just too long as, as players, and it's like it's not even cool. And I can't play basketball, so. Didn't do me any justice, but look, I I transferred, you know, gave it to Mikel and paid off. So I'll be happy. I'll just (laughs) check the box and let's be happy about that.
0: There you (laughs) go. There's only 450 jobs in the NBA, which speaks volumes to how elite this league is. So what do you think that represents for Mikel? Oh, in
1: terms of how elite it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's... That's a good one. Um, I think for him, it's just understanding that, you know, I used to tell, I I tell Mikel too that, and and I really mean it, that you're only as good as your last game, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about how elite the NBA is, it's like, you have to forever be, and I think this is what Mikel, this is why he doesn't come home during the summer. It's because you have to forever constantly constantly be working on being better. Right. You can't just rest in the fact that oh my like I made it to the NBA. Like you are always working on next. Like, like right now you're working on your next contract. Like you're never yeah. settled. And I know that especially for Mikel is he's so hard on himself as I am. I think he you know he definitely got that from me. I'm super hard on myself. And he's always saying okay like this is amazing to be able to play at this level where i'm playing but i gotta constantly making sure that i am working on the next version of myself you know so it's just you know you hear all the time like nike branded like basketball never stops like and neither should the work that you're putting on putting in to your game to be better and take it to the next level that that never stops and in order to play in this elite league you have to constantly be evolving and 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 getting better. You, you can't stay status quo. You can't rest on Like, okay, this is cool. I'm drafted. I'm playing. It's like, what's next? You know, like yeah. you're constantly working and, and, and putting in work to, to be better. So it's just. Oh,
0: for sure.
1: It's a lot of pressure, right? Like you're, you're you understand as a mother of an athlete, that's just so much uh, pressure.
0: Uh, I do understand. Like uh, I'm in Orlando right now with my son and um, he plays for the Toronto Raptors. And they just got eliminated. So they're not in the playoffs. So his season's done. But yet for him, he's like, I I, I got to get back. I got to get back to work. I got to, you know what I mean? And he's still working out. And he's still doing everything, just like status quo for him. He's like, nah, nothing stops, yeah. Mom. It doesn't end. Doesn't. You know what I mean? The only difference is, is that maybe he's working out a little bit less, you know what I mean, doing it every day, but as opposed to five hours, now he's doing it two because that's his break for now. But then he said to me this morning, Monday, I'm back at it hard again. Exactly. So, then, you, you know, it. it, it. you it never stop. stop. No. Yeah. doesn't yeah. stop. And as
1: a parent, you're just like, okay. You know, like you're, you're being that supportive parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just something that, con- that they're constantly working on. And, yeah. you know, you, just the amount of pressure that they have sometimes you kind of wish, you know, as a parent. You know, you wish you can carry the burdens for your children, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I
1: remember, you know, just when, you know, being sick, it's like, I wish I could just transfer that fever over to me, you know? Um, But sometimes you wish you can carry the weight of the pressure that they carry with them to constantly just be better and and, and wanting to do something, you know, just break out of the shell to, you know, to, to kind of be noticed even. It's like, that pressure is a lot. And, it is. You know, sometimes I wish I can take that pressure off
0: of, you know. Yeah. I, I tell myself sometimes, I say, you know, there's a lot of noise, you know what I mean, around you. Um, yeah. Whether it be, you know what I mean, the, the demands, a lot of demands coming from A lot, from of, a lot angles. of demands. Yeah. So.
1: Pulled in so many them,
0: different directions. And they just don't know where yeah. to go. Sometimes he's just like, well, I, I want to stay loyal. And I to tell him, it depends on who you want to be loyal to. You know what I mean? I said, start by being loyal to yourself. And you know what I mean? Just start pushing away the noises because it's not doing you any benefit. So as parents, you know what I mean? Like you're saying, you want to take that on. And I laugh because now he has people calling him. So I say to him, I'm here, like with him in Orlando. So I said to him, tell him to call me. And he's like, all right. So it's just funny because that- <laughs> you got like you said the mama bear but the people call me don't think I'm a bear let me tell you that's what the word okay is. don't don't play with mama now at, don't play hello, with mama hello <laughs> and he laughed and he laughs all the time because people are trying to get at him you know what I mean he's like call my mom <laughs> like, that's, that's right. right on down right yes yeah yeah, yeah. they're not calling mama
1: with that they already know like I'm okay I, I think I got my answer I, don't need, I yeah. need to
0: call you mom I'm good yeah, yeah, this is lucky what I got today. It's okay, it's okay, Wendy. I- I'm good. All right, bye. Click and I hang up. So, <laughs> so- <laughs> I'm gonna start. You know what?
1: I'm gonna start sending my people my way. When you know, when I, when I got some hard conversations, I'm gonna say, Give
0: Wendy a holla. You know what? Give me a holla. Sometimes, you know what? You, you just have to listen. Sometimes you just have to divorce people. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, like deuces, like you're out. Like th- exactly thanks for coming to the show. But you know I mean? The curtains are closed and that's it. We're done. So a nice life. Uh, I'm out. Yeah, if yeah. you want to, yeah. So <laughs> So what is it like for you to attend these playoff games watching your son guard LeBron James?
1: Oh man, it's it's crazy. It's a lot of pressure for yes. me, even though I'm not playing. It's like I have so much nervous energy. I'm sitting here like I'm bouncing in the seat. My leg is shaking. Like, it's just, oh man, it's like, you know, you want, you want the team to do well. You know, you want, of course, your, your child to do well. Like, of Mm -hmm. course I want my son to show up and and do well. And it's just, it's, you know, it's again, like we talk about that emotional going back to that emotional roller coaster. It's like, Mm -hmm. you got a lot going on. Like you, Got excitement and you're nervous is all get up. Um, yeah. And you just, you know, you want to, and then because I'm super competitive, like I, ne- I want to win, you, you know, <laughs> bottom line, hands down. <laughs> you know, so of course going to the playoffs, like it's crazy. Like this is Mikel's first year going yes. to the playoffs. So, you know, I told you about how mushy I am, which I don't love, um, but first playoff game, you know, seeing him play, it's like, hmm. I'm like trying to fight back the tears. And um, it's just, it's, it's crazy that this is real. Like that's my baby out there um on the court, Gar and LeBron on the biggest stage of his life. You know, yeah. like that is yeah. crazy that it's happening. And, you know, I have to pinch myself sometimes to say like, this is, th- is this really real, you know? know and, really. yeah. you know, it goes back to just me not taking anything for granted and being very, just knowing that I am blessed and he is blessed to get to play on that stage. And, you know, I'm just very thankful um, for that. And, um, and I, I want them to win.
0: <laughs> I want to keep going, you know?
1: Of course, of course. I don't want it to end.
0: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> tell me, what is it like being the courtside mom to Mikkel Bridges?
1: Yeah, it's so cool. Um, first of all, when I heard what you were doing, it was just like, man, hats off to you, Wendy. Like, it's Thank so you. cool to have this platform to be able to just bond with other moms. Like, I feel like we have this, you know... Goes without saying, like this sisterhood that we have with one another. So it's so exciting. And I love being a part of it, just being able to have those connections. And we, again, like many of us, even though we may have uh, traveled, of course, on different roads and our lives may be very much differently, but we still have that connection of being a mom. And, you know, being a mom of an athlete, like they put so much pressure on themselves and just the amount of work that they put in to get there to where they need to be. So many sacrifices, I'm sure, as a mom that you had to make that we have to make that we continue to to make. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And look, it's just, this is like an amazing community, Wendy. So shout out to you and your team for doing, um, just having this platform at Courtside Moms to for us to be able to kind of bond over our experiences together oh, for sure. and kind of really just, I look at it as like our little support group, you know, Absolutely. like we're supporting one so another sure. on our journey. So that's
0: super cool. You know, last night um, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about the show. And it was just funny because she was like, y'all are the manufacturing companies, right? And she says, and the products are your babies. And I was like, huh? So. And it's just okay. funny, you know what I'm saying? So it's true. And I was like, okay. And she yeah. was like, it's just a good platform. She says, because everybody talks about how proud they are of their children. But people don't usually talk about professionals. You know what I mean? They're no different than anybody else.
1: Yeah. They're still um, our children. They're still exactly our babies that we've yeah. raised that are now grown, grown men um, yeah. that are doing what they love to do. But it's enormous, just responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. That they have, and of course we can't get out there. Look, sometimes I'm out there like, "Don't play with him like that, LeBron. You have to answer to me. You know, I'm talking trash. On this you want some of this? Don't make me come out.
0: You know, like so. Oh my god. Like... So I have to ask you: <laughs> Has Mikkel ever been, I guess, in a fight at a game, or was there any kind no. of physical altercation? No. Or now you sound disappointed. No, because I'm ready to fight for him sometimes. Like, that's I, why. Like, that's why I'm asking because I could see you taking the earrings off and giving it to somebody and running me. down there. Yes, you know, okay. grease up my face like the, yes.
1: you know, like the boxers do. So I don't want any scratches or you know, any bruises on me. You oh, know, God. but no, I'm sure. Like, look, he's not mic'd up, right? So I don't know what he's saying. So yeah. he's very, he's encouraged to use whatever he needs to say. Um, I'm totally <laughs> open to that. Like, do your thing. Um, but no, he's never been in a fight. I'm afraid that you guys might have to pull me down, like hold me down.
0: Mm-hmm. That's if why he gets I'm, I'm out I'm out.
1: Like I, probably, I'm one of those crazy moms that you're like, oh my god, like this is. Is she really an executive? What's going on? I, I just saw that at the time. I just see Mikel's mom <laughs> jump over like five chairs onto the court. <laughs> you know, what I'm so um, thankfully, no, no
0: fights. Um, we have not been in fights together. She said we. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know what? I, I figured I have to ask her this because, yeah, y- you could tell you're that mom that you don't take nothing from nobody. That's your baby. Oh, don't,
1: don't, play, don't play with you're my kid. Playing. I take it very seriously. You see, that's what happens um, when you have kids. This is the advantage
0: off. of us. That's right. This is the advantage of us having our kids young. See? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well,
1: exactly. Look, you. now, just because he wasn't in a physical alter- altercation. He gets, you know, he gets, you know, you can tell. There's an elbow, there's a jab, like it's a physical game. And I was just like, oh wow, like in LeBron's, I could see him putting his all his weight. He's strong. He's all get out. Like he's putting his body on. I feel like it's a fight, you know, like it's a it's a fight that is allowed to happen. Um, but just the the poke, the prodding, the throwing, the you know, it's like. Sometimes I wish I can, I can go out there and uh, I'll probably be more, more route, more, definitely more rowdy than Mikel a hundred percent. But again, I don't know what he's saying out there. He's not Mikel. So he could, he probably, some things he say probably would blow my mind. I'm like, God, is that my child? That, <laughs> did he just
0: say that? I know. Sometimes I sit back there and I think, I wonder what would happen if I take my whistle up my purse and blow it. Eddie, <laughs> <'Cause> I... <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will be so, out there fighting too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be like, we all the way down to the court. Yeah. So Get my mouthpiece. What? Locking. All the way down to the court. So let's, <laughs> so let's learn some fun facts now.
1: Oh, uh, but we are. I, I feel like you already gave it away with my long arms. <laughs> um, that's a fun fact.
0: Okay. Uh, well, no, some fun facts about Mikkel then. Okay. So uh, let me. I, ask. I
1: feel like I need to pull in Granger. His girlfriend's here. Like. Oh. <laughs> Ranger, what's some fun facts
0: about Mikel? Oh, I'm, I, can, I have a question I can ask you. Yeah. So what is Mikel's go-to dish that you make that he must have?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Chicken and shrimp teriyaki. I make a mean chicken and shrimp teriyaki. Now before, like I'm not really eating much meat now, but uh, and neither was Mikel. Who knows? But that's like his main thing. I make, it's rice, it's chicken and shrimp and broccoli. And I make a teriyaki sauce. It's, it's pretty good. And I make it spicy. He, he's like, he loves everything spicy. So that's spicy. Now, that was his main dish. Now, which seems to be like one of his favorites mm-hmm. is I think I make a mean Brussels sprouts. Like I do a little glaze. I can't give you my secrets because, I, you know, one day I might bottle these Brussels sprouts out and just, you know, become a millionaire from selling Brussels sprouts but he was obsessed with my brussels sprouts and then every time we go to like a really nice restaurant we're like we're in a brussels sprouts just so we can compare them to my brussels sprouts and i have not found a restaurant that makes brussels sprouts as good as i as good as i do currently okay well i'm gonna have any brussels sprout cook out there like any chef let's let's get your sprouts out and step up to the you know step up to the plate for tea and I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be really good. It's just well, so, I'm it's willing soft.
0: to try them because <laughs> I hate Brussels sprouts. So like, I mean, let me tell do you. Do you? As a okay, child. Okay. Well, I, I have to make you some. I was a child. I wish I had a dog because ugh, my mother used to make them all the time. It was if like it was the only thing that the grocery store had. And <laughs> well,
1: were they like soggy
0: or mushy or did they have like a bite to? Do you remember? I don't want to remember. That's like mental <laughs> abuse. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. no. So, what is one childhood item that he couldn't live without, other than a basketball? Oh wow! So, you know you took that. Um, <laughs>
1: probably and he still doesn't live without it. Is um the gaming remote? <laughs> that kid loves. You know, he loved video games and he still mm. loves video games, still plays into this day. You know, so grew up as a young lad playing video games and now he has this whole like gaming experience when you go into like the room. There's like special, you know, gaming screens and gaming chairs, and lights and microphones. <laughs> and it's a whole thing. So it definitely is that one thing that he was taking with him as a grown man. He loves his video games.
0: You know, at the beginning of... Um, when we started asking these fun fact questions, the original question was, What is one childhood item your child couldn't live without? Everybody said basketball. So we added other than basketball. And now exactly. everybody's saying gaming system, Xbox, PlayStation. Now I'm gonna have See? to add that too. I'm gonna have to add that too. You're gonna have to add that too. <laughs> yes. But it's legit.
1: Like those those video games are like yep. no joke. And it's part good. of. And, like,
0: Every mother's going to say nothing. It's like, when once I say no, other than the basketball and the video game, they're going (laughs) to nothing.
1: What else, what else is there to life besides basketball and video games?
0: Well, I'll tell you real quick. When I asked, um, I asked my son this question because, um, a couple of months ago, we did a magic mom's month and I was a magic mom at the time. So I was, someone interviewed me, Xanthia Radish, um, Radish's mom, um, of the Atlanta Hawks interviewed me and they asked me that question. And she asked me that question, and it was funny because I asked my son. I said, Kim, I said, look, what is something that you couldn't live without? You know what I mean? Other than a basketball. And he's like, you. What did he say? I'm so curious. Me. And I was like, oh So <laughs> I thought it was so cute. Yeah, I know. Aww. Heart. Yeah, I know. I was like, I love him now. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, like, yes. Aw. Yeah, Doesn't that just make like, you so long, warm and fuzzy as mama? I know. I wanted to make him food that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, did he have a nickname? And if so, what was it?
1: Nickname?
0: Uh, yes. I that he didn't like. Um,
1: I can't say what I call it. If he will murder me. Um, but some nicknames that he didn't love probably were having to do with his long arms, like noodles. <laughs> I think he yeah. did not love that. At all, and he probably would be mad that I even brought it up. You know like, what?
0: You know. I was going to. I was going to say to you, if you would have said another name, I'd be like, "And what happened to Noodle?" yeah, he hates noodles.
1: He does not like it. And uh, but it was definitely a nickname. And uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> he would he would be legit upset. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you advice. So. What advice would you give to another courtside mom about dealing with a coaching decision that she did not agree with?
1: Yeah, that's hard, right? Because there are times like sometimes we want, we know, you know, we want the best for our children, right? Like for our sons, we want what's best for them. And there's going to be many a times where, you may not be in line with the coaching decision, and you know, look, we're not the experts out there. Like we 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 have this maternal thing that goes on, and that's like the beat that we listen to. That's our drumming beat that kind of makes us tick. But those are the people who know what they're doing, and you know, you've heard it a thousand times. You know, you gotta trust the process, and you gotta, you know, take your own personal emotion out of it, right? Of because oftentimes as parents, we are led by our emotions because again, like that's that maternal instinct that, yeah. is, that drives and pushes us to, to, to who we are as parents. And you got to take the emotional, the, the emotion out and just realize that because there are times, look, that we, we still like, how many times are we like, I don't know about that coach, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, you know, how much, think about how much film and, and stuff that they watch. Like, even if, we might not know that that may not have been the best decision. It will show up, you know, like, of course, film doesn't lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're, and look, how many times have you talked to coaches too? And they're like, they make, they don't always make the right decisions, but oh, they're yeah. higher for a reason. And we got to let them do their job. So we got to take a step back, take our emotion out, and just let our son's gang speak for themselves.
0: So if you and I were sitting together at a game, would you tell me, you put my whistle away?
1: <laughs> I'd probably be whispering some things. I won't I, I get all pissed off. <laughs> put him in a game, coach. Like, what's up? Get me sitting on the bench for two more. Get my son in a game. Oh you know, like God. I get all crazy. We can't watch that. a game
0: together. No, we can't. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a player on how to deal with a tough teammate?
1: Yeah, I would say, too, it's like, I am huge on being very transparent and authentic, right? Yeah. So that at all, by all means, I would never promote violence, but I think that everything kind of starts with a conversation. Yeah, And you have to, like, one of the things that you can't do is ignore, right? Like you can't ignore a situation because oftentimes, like, it just builds. The frustration yeah. it gets worse. You get more angrier. You are so upset so I would say you're dealing with a tough teammate sometimes you just have to express yourself and just say you know hey like here's like let's talk like our job like we're a team and we're not going to win games unless you and I and everyone else those five guys are out on the court or in unison and work together and I am seeing that x is a point of contention for us and it's hard So let's kind of talk about, like, you got to have a real honest and intellectually honest conversation about what you're feeling. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't change, like, you know, one of the things that I always say is the only behavior you can control is your own, you know? So think back to all the different challenges that you had in your life. You're going to experience those challenges on the court as well, where you may have someone, like, even if you've tried and are honest and you you try to deal with the situation on hand because i don't believe in ignoring things because they just fester I mean, you know what festers yeah. causes infections right so you cannot ignore anything because it just gets worse right mm-hmm. so yeah. but after you address it and you still don't see any change like you you got to be able to control your own behavior and, and, and be able to move past yeah. and, and then you know look if you're a straight up jerk you're going to show yourself out and Look, at the end of the day, coaches want to win games. That's their job. They don't yeah. win games, they get fired. So if you are prohibiting them from winning, from, from uh, preventing them from winning games, you know what that's yeah. going
0: to be. So Absolutely. They
1: don't let it play itself out. So address the issue. You've tried, you don't see change. The only behavior you control is your own.
0: Now, my last <laughs> question. Okay. If you could only give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be?
1: Ooh, one piece of advice to another courtside mom is I would say, look, I am a person who is rooted in my faith. You know, my parents are ministers. It's just who I am. I would say that everything um, starts and ends with prayer. It's just who I am. I pray about everything. I believe that prayer changes things. It's just, I could not, you know, I'm a woman of my faith and I pray often. Um, And prayer brings me through pretty much every struggle, every challenge in my life. If it wasn't for prayer, I would not be where I am today. So my piece of advice was, you better better be a prayer warrior, okay? Like, this is... This journey is no joke and it brings so many different ups and downs and, you know, the things that we experience as, as parents of athletes are not always easy and we deal with a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Our sons deal with a lot and you cannot get through this without praying. So that would be my one piece of advice for sure. P-R-A-Y.
0: (laughs) I One million percent, absolutely agree. Prayer is yeah. everything, and that is something that is like vivid in my life, and something that is necessary. Oh yeah. So I love hearing that for you. That yeah. Is pray so and great ask great
1: forgiveness, for forgiveness because for you. you come for my boy. I'm come I'm for you. So <laughs> I'm going to pray. I might have to, you know, hurt you. You do something to my kid, and then I will ask for forgiveness. I'll pray again. So
0: it all, pray. See? See? I see? You, know. <laughs> you are fantastic. I really Thank love you. spending time with you, Tania. Oh my gosh. Me too. Oh, this is a great interview. I learned so much about Thank your you. son and so much about you and your journey and your journey is fantastic. And you know, I just, it reminds me so much of my own, but yeah. at the same time, I'm loving just hearing you and how it worked and is still working. For yourself and Mikel. And I wish him so much luck moving thank forward you. in his career. And may he have the longest career ever. You as well. Thank you. Um, yes. appreciate you are, it. This is the best. Yes. And I thank you so much for coming on Courtside Moms. Thank
1: you. I'll come back.
0: Yes. I'll absolutely. come back with some Brussels sprouts. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, <it's> good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. Uh, I listen, I I probably will.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Have a good night. You done, baby. i do